Welcome back to another edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. We are back a couple of weeks after having Brian Passink, the Alabama basketball color analyst, on the air. We appreciate the 1,500,000 listeners for that one. Today it's just Mark, and we're going to be talking a little bit about what Mark's been up to over the last couple of weeks. Uh, please subscribe to the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings on all podcast platforms. Just go to the platform, Apple Podcasts, Google you can type in Mark Jennings and you'll find the podcast. Subscribe and listen. Download all the episodes. It's some great information, and I feel like it's evergreen. It'll live on for a while. But uh, Mark Jennings, how are you doing? Drew, I've been, I've been real busy, to be honest with you. I hope you've been doing well. I've been working with Coach Oates and his staff a lot, Coach uh, Nate, Nate Oates, new Alabama basketball coach. I've been working with him and his staff. and and really getting him pointed in the right direction with a lot of these basketball recruits that uh, we have in the state of Alabama and really uh, all over the country. You know, the the one thing I've been talented is a couple of years ago, Will Wade was hired at LSU, and uh, he made a real big splash going after guys like Naz Reed, Tremont Waters, guys who uh, aren't really in the LSU basketball footprint. But he went after them the right way, uh, sold them on the program, sold them on what they could accomplish at LSU, and uh, – uh, you look at the type of success that he had the past year with those guys. So, you know, Coach Oates, I told him, you know, you want to have good players from Alabama, but there's no reason that uh, he can't do it the right way like Coach Wade did and really bring in some five-star talent. So uh, I'm excited for him. He, I know he's excited about this opportunity to get started as the Alabama basketball coach, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the type of success that he has in the program going forward. Yeah, I'm interested to see as well. It seems like he's been offering a lot of guys from – Around the country, we still haven't gotten a decision from Trendon Watford. It looks like he's probably going to choose between Alabama, LSU, Memphis, maybe even Indiana. But uh, it's, it was a pretty good weekend for the Alabama football program. Three first-round NFL draft picks. You had Josh Jacobs going to the Raiders, Jonah Williams to the Bengals, Quinn Williams went third overall to the New York Jets, and several others. Irv Smith to the Patriots was pretty close. And, you know, Deontay Thompson, Mac Wilson went pretty late in the draft, some others as well. Mark, did you have a chance to keep up with the NFL draft? Oh, of course I did, Drew. You know, I, I've, I've told you this off the air, but I finally, uh, now the draft is over, I can say this. I did, I did a lot of consulting for the, uh, the Oakland Raiders. I believe they're still the Oakland Raiders now. Uh, but I did a lot of work with them. Uh, basically, every decision that they had came down to uh, Mike Mayock, John Gruden, and myself. So. Uh, I was in the Raiders war room in Alameda, California, Thursday night, helping with them because they had so many first-round draft picks. And then on Friday, I actually flew to Nashville and was at the draft there. And I I love being in Nashville, Drew. Uh, Even for those rounds after the first round on Friday in Nashville, it was just uh, the excitement was palpable in the air. Uh, People were so excited to be there. Frankly, it reminded me of a Birmingham Iron home game. So it was kind of bittersweet for me, but – uh, you know, I had a great time, Drew. I'm surprised that uh, I had some people tweet at me uh, in my in my DM. They saw me on the TV in the Raiders war room. So uh, uh, I tried to keep that a secret, but apparently I wasn't good at it because I got on TV a few times. But uh, that's what I did for the NFL draft, dude. How, how did you celebrate it? Well, you know, I just basically watched it on TV, and I flipped between ESPN and the NFL Network. I, I really like watching the draft and see who these players are compared to and then, you know, just seeing – 
some of these NFL analysts are caught off guard when guys get drafted later in in the draft, you know, rounds four through seven. You start hearing some guys from smaller schools and all that. But uh, that that's very interesting, Mark. And you've been friends with Mike Mayock is, for, for quite a while. Isn't he fairly new to the Raiders? Did they just hire him? Was it this offseason or last? Yeah, Drew, he's a recent hire hired on New Year's Eve, actually, 2018, to officially, uh, I believe, officially took over in 2019. But uh, everybody knows Mike Mayock, Drew knows him from the NFL Network and his analysis there. And uh, uh, former NFL player, got drafted by the Giants, I believe, around the time that uh, you were born in the early 80s. I don't remember the exact year. But uh, and Mike Mayock, yeah, everybody, we're, we and uh, I can't say we in Raider Nation, I did some temporary consulting work for them, but everybody in Oakland, part of that franchise is is a very happy about the direction that he's taking the uh, uh, the team. All right. Well, it was really interesting. The, the Raiders draft was maligned by some people, and it's you know more more or less those reporters who who I don't think really know the game. And it seems like I saw a tweet from Ian Rappaport about how the Raiders sent all their scouts home on you know before the draft on Thursday, and nobody knew what was really going on. Can you and then you guys the Raiders draft Cleveland Farrell out of Clemson at pick four, Mark? Can you can you address some of that negativity that was coming out from from guys like Ian Rappaport? Well, I mean, you said in the question, Drew, if they if they knew the game, they wouldn't be reporters. They would be they'd be doing consulting work for teams like the Oakland Raiders, or they'd be running a team like the Oakland Raiders. So, uh, I mean, you said it yourself. Well, I'm not, you know, surprised. People are going to say what they want if they really knew what they're talking about. It's like people who give draft grades, you know. But who are the people that are grading the draft grades? Uh, some teams get A, Bs, and Cs. Like, who are these people, these little bloggers in their mom's basement, writing about how the Raiders draft got a C plus? If they're so smart, why are they in mom's basement writing a blog, Drew? Yeah, that makes no sense to me, Mark. Yeah, who is who is evaluating the draft graders? Who is grading the draft graders? That's what I want to know, Drew. Sounds like somebody needs to be grading the the draft graders. That's what I want to see. But that's neither here nor there. I hope they enjoy their time in the mom's basement writing their draft grades. But, uh, you know, if they want to do that, that's fine. We, you know, Oakland is very thrilled, I can say, with the direction their team was going on, going on and in, in, and, and the picks they took in the draft. All right. What about the, the reports from Rappaport? It seemed like he read he wrote something about, you know, the Raiders targeting Dwayne Haskins at four. Uh, was that accurate? Well, we purposely had people in the organization le- leak him some bad information. So, uh, yeah, I, and he bought it and he fell for it, frankly. So, uh, I think it, what that says about the liberal media, I'll let you guys make your own conclusions about that. But we purposely leaked fake information to him and, and uh, he, he let it out just like we were hoping that he would. So uh, we're pretty thrilled with how that all came out and, and, and down. All right. And then Cleveland Farrell at four out of Clemson. What kind of impact do you think he can have, even though a lot of the so-called experts said this was too big of a stretch to pick Farrell this high? Well, he's going to be in the Pro Bowl by year two. Uh, he's going to have an impact on the defense in year one. Uh, with his ability as a weak defensive end, I think you don't have to ask Alabama fans what they think about him because I think they know pretty well how good of a player he is. Going to get some great NFL players at Alabama offensive line, so uh, we love this. We love that pick. We think it's a fantastic pick for us, and uh, uh, we're we're really excited about what he's going to do. And he'll be in the Pro Bowl in year two, Drew. All right, and then uh, the Raiders get Josh Jacobs at twenty-seven, Mississippi State safety Jonathan Abram at twenty-nine. Interestingly about Josh Jacobs, Mark, I was able to find some old podcast audio 
of when uh, we recorded around the time Josh Jacobs signed with Alabama back in, I believe it was February 2016. So he left after three years. I'm going to flash back to that audio right now on a Champs Corner podcast from way back then. So, Mark, we talk about the Alabama offensive signees, and, and a late one that Alabama gets is Joshua Jacobs out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's a guy that no one was talking about until just a few weeks ago. How was he able to blow up and explode onto the scene? Well, frankly, Drew, I think he's got a lot of people misguiding him right now. As you mentioned, that Tulsa, Oklahoma. I saw some of his tape earlier in the year, and I don't understand why he's not one of the uh, more highly recruited and highly rated prospects in the country. You know, frankly, I don't think some of these subscription sites even have tape on them. Uh, but thankfully, I've known, known him for a while, known his situation for a while, known his coach and his family, and I was able to connect him with some big-time SEC schools. And finally, to be honest with you, Drew, the Alabama coaches took my advice and they offered him. So uh, I do worry sometimes. Frankly, I think he's a, he's a lot better player. A lot of their prospects are going to be a lot better player than Damian Harris. Uh, so I worry and I'm concerned that uh, because Damian Harris is a bigger uh, star rating or was a bigger star rated player that he's going to be uh, get more snaps, you know. But when you got a guy, you got a goal line situation, a big game, I'm concerned that the coach is going to get the ball to Damian Harris in the goal line, so the natural big back in Josh Shaggy. That's that's a concern, Drew. But that's neither here nor there. We're talking about years in the future, so um, I just hope he doesn't get underused, especially in goal line situations. But I think he's going to be a first round pick one day. All right, when you compare Josh Jacobs, I know there's not much tape out there, but from what you've seen in person, who does he remind you of? Uh, I'm so glad you asked this, Drew. He reminds me of a guy who played in the Big Ten, a fantastic running back in the early 90s, uh, played for uh, really one of the more historic programs in college football in college football history. Of course, I'm talking about the Michigan Wolverines. I'm talking about running back Timothy Biakabatuka. Do you remember Tim Biakabatuka, Drew? All right, and that was Mark Jennings with the evaluation of Josh Jacobs, and it seems like it pretty much came true. Mark, uh, what kind of uh, you know news comes out that Isaiah Crowell has to have Achilles tendon surgery? This should propel Josh Jacobs into a pretty big role right away, right? Oh, absolutely, Drew. Frankly, we think that he could be the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year in year one. Uh, we love Josh Jacobs. We uh, uh, we uh, we. Uh, I say we, even though I'm just doing some temporary consulting work again. Uh, the Raiders think that he can be the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, especially with Isaiah Crowell going out. So uh, Josh Jacobs, fantastic player. They're very excited. Uh, you know, there, there's now it's almost seems a stigma with drafting running backs. So it actually, I believe, you know, you go the opposite direction at this point, might want to draft a running back a little earlier than all the other teams are. And, and I frankly think Josh Jacobs is a steal at 27. All right. You also get Trayvon Mullen out of Clemson. He had an interception of Tua in the national championship game. Hunter Renfro, star Clemson receiver in the fourth round. I know you had a lot to to say, to do with this. Uh, did you have any? Did you advise the Raiders on any other offseason moves? I did, Drew. You know the Raiders take a lot of uh, stock, in my opinion, especially about players from the southeast, specifically Alabama. I advised them to release AJ McCarron. Uh, I, I don't think he's the right fit for the organization right now. And I did advise him to sign a linebacker, Vontez Perfect. So uh, I'm very excited about those moves for the Raiders. I'm glad they listened to me. I think they're going to turn out to be uh, uh, to be successful moves for them. All right. Quinton Williams was picked number three overall by the Jets. And uh, really, really incredible. You know, no, nobody – he wasn't a starter last year as a redshirt freshman. This season, the 2018 season, 
he just really exploded onto the scene, became really good. But Mark, you seem like you kind of predicted this a few years ago when we just started the podcast in the fall of 2015. I was able to find some audio from that. And for all of our listeners, here is a snippet from a champ's corner in the fall of 2015. Now, Mark, I was looking at some Twitter film and Quentin Williams, the Alabama commitment from Winona High School. Uh, he had a 40-yard interception return for a touchdown over at Dora. Now, this is a defensive lineman doing this. He just basically just stepped in front of a screen pass and just took it the distance. Uh, you know, Quentin Williams committed to Alabama this summer. He was a one-time committed to Auburn. He's not really being talked about quite as much, you know, kind of a low four-star recruit. Um, but what what is Alabama getting with Quentin Williams? Uh, well, Drew, frankly, I think he's one of the best defensive linemen in the country. He's a guy who's going to start off slow, and you really need to catch up to speed in the college game. But once he gets that down, he's really going to blow up. He's going to be one of the top picks in the NFL draft. I love this I love this guy, Drew. I think he's going to be a fantastic player. I have a much higher rated than the subscription sites do because I've spent a lot of time in Winona uh, watching him. I love going to Winona. It's such a safe place. I love being there, unlike other parts of uh, the Birmingham area. But he's going to be the highest drafted player to come out of this class, to be honest with you. I predict top three for Alabama. Uh, again, coaches need to go ahead and play him early because once it clicks for him, he's going to be one of the best players in the country. If you're Alabama, uh, you know, you're going to be rooting for this car, this, this kid hard throughout his career. You know, I know we're all rooting, me and you personally, Drew, that Hillary Clinton becomes president up here pretty soon. Uh, the way we're doing that is the same way that uh, Alabama fans be rooting for Quinn Williams. Uh, when the NFL draft comes in a few years, he's one of the top picks. Yeah. Mark, uh, when you compare Quentin Williams to a former player, who does he remind you of when you break down his film? Uh, Drew reminds me of a guy that you may not remember. He's a little uh, before your time. But a fantastic player, Drew. Uh, Witten had a bunch of success in the years in the NFL. Of course, I'm talking about a guy named Lester Archambault. Do you remember Lester Archambault, Drew? All right, and that was Mark Jennings on Quentin Williams in uh, senior during his senior season at Winona High School. A couple of other Alabama players slipped in the draft, Mac Wilson and Deontay Thompson. Thompson to the Cardinals in the fifth, Mac Wilson to the Cleveland Browns. These two guys declared early after their junior year um, and just – got drafted a lot lower than than some people thought they would. You know, some mock drafts written by basement bloggers during the season may have had them going in the first round. Even most, you know, reportedly, uh, you know, like ESPNs, The Athletic, you know, NFL.com mock drafts had these guys going two rounds earlier. What was the deal with these guys? Why do you think they didn't get picked until the fifth to the fifth round? And you don't have to say if the Raiders had them on their board or not, but, you know, you're, you're welcome to that. Well, I, I obviously had to quit talking to these players once I decided to uh, take the office from the Raiders and start consulting for them. But, uh, frankly, I told Mac Wilson, I, I just told him that he's going to, you know, he chose a bad agent and if he was going to stay, stay in the draft, that uh, this is a person that he needs to steer clear of. And and he didn't listen, and that's what happens. So, um, I, I th- honestly think that was the reason why Mac stayed in the draft. Uh, you, you know, Deontay Thompson – uh, he's a guy who there there's some red flags, quote unquote, but that was some bad information about his knee issue. Uh, you know, I, he had, people got scared off because he had that meniscus surgery two years ago. Uh, that was some red flags, but he does. There's no truth to the rumor that he has a degenerative knee issue. Now some more uh, false reporting by Ian Rappaport. 
All right. Before we get to some listener questions, we did have one. Uh, we'll get to those later in the podcast after we talk about a couple of big-time recruits Alabama got. Matthew Pate at Matthew CP8 said, Mark, the liberal media was pretty harsh on the new draftee Daniel Jones of the New York Giants. He went, I believe, at number six overall. Uh, what are your thoughts on New York's new quarterback, and, and who is your player comparison for him? Well, uh, the New York media is going to be critical of of no matter who uh, you know a New York team picks. You know, a New York team could pick you know Jesus of Nazareth, and they they you know they'd wonder what 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 wrong with the pick, and if somebody better was available. So, uh, and I think he's a fine player, Drew. I, I frankly, he was you know what he even ranked quote unquote coming out of high school. Obviously, I had him ranked and. And ends up taking that uh, offer at Duke. He originally committed to Princeton, but took that offer from Duke. And uh, I think he's a, fa- a fantastic player. You know, the liberal media is always harsh on white quarterbacks coming out there these days. They're trying to be politically correct. Uh, you know, but I, when I compared him out of high school, when I compare and call, I think that uh, comparison remains. Uh, he, he reminds me of a guy out of the state of Florida. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Dante Culpepper. Do you remember Dante Culpepper, Drew? Dante Culpepper out of the uh, 2017 national champion University of Central Florida. Obviously, he didn't play for them, but the same school. That that Dante Culpepper? That's correct, Drew. His eligibility had expired by 2017. But, yes, he uh, did play for the University of Central Florida uh, Golden Knights. All right. Yeah, it sounds like he's uh, – I, I like what Daniel Jones can do, the, the Duke quarterback. You know, if he had stayed for his senior year, he'd be playing against Alabama in the season opener. But that's neither here nor there. Mark, uh, you know – we used to basically build our whole podcast on recruits about recruits. And then since then you've become such a, such a successful, you've had so many successful business ventures that we don't talk about the recruits quite as much as we did, but Alabama has gotten a couple of big time recruits since we last recorded a podcast. The first one was Brian branch, four-star recruit out of Tyrone, Georgia, Sandy Creek high school, Alabama goes into Georgia's territory and, Gets who I think is a pretty good safety, Mark. What's your impressions of Brian Branch? Well, to be a good safety, Drew, you got to be – you got to do a lot of different things well. You know, to be a corner, we talk about Deion Sanders. Uh, people like to say he's the greatest cornerback or one of the greatest cornerbacks who ever played, but he really couldn't tackle. He wasn't a very physical player. Uh, to be a good safety, you have to be good at everything, and Brian Branch is a guy that really has all the tools in this toolbox that he needs to be a fantastic safety. He's currently a four-star four recruit. I I think once he goes into his uh, his senior season, uh, people get more film on him, and he's going to be a top 50 player. So uh, I think this is a great get for Alabama. I really like his game. He reminds me a lot of another guy uh, went to high school in Southern California, I believe, and played uh, his college ball in California, went on to the NFL, made it through Pro Bowls, and now he's a GM of one of the Raiders' biggest rivals. Of course, I'm talking about John Lynch. You remember John Lynch, Drew? Yeah, is is he the one who went to Stanford as a backup quarterback, but but moved to safety and later in his college career, and that's what helped him get drafted and become a an All Pro, a nine time All Pro. That's correct, Drew. I remember going through his recruitment. And I told him, you know, you, you want to play quarterback, but you need to make sure that you have a people give you the opportunity to play safety. And uh, luckily, it all worked out for him at Stanford. And as you know, he went on to have a fantastic career, and now is uh, in the front office. All right. Uh, another big-time commitment. Alabama goes uh, and gets Drew Sanders out of Denton, Texas. Uh, he's an athlete, ranked number 34 overall in the subscription site's composite ranking. Um, and he had been committed to Oklahoma for a couple of years out of Denton, Texas. A big-time recruit, and, and a lot of people seem to be pretty happy about him. 
uh, listed as an athlete, you know, has played offense and defense. It looks like he's going to be an outside linebacker at the next level. Mark, what can you tell us about Drew Sanders? Uh, he's, he's a top 10 player, Drew. I know he's ranked number 34 overall by the subscription site, but he's a top 10 national guy. Uh, he's not ranked higher by the subscription sites because uh, uh, he, uh, Drew Sanders is a white player. They lose money if they had white guys in the top 10. So, I mean, he's a top 10 player, Drew. I think he's be the best linebacker in the SEC in a couple of years. Uh, reminds me of another guy who's the best at linebacker in the SEC at the time. Uh, played in the SEC West. Uh, really just wreaked a lot of havoc all over the SEC when he played. Of course, I'm talking about Patrick Willis. Do you remember Patrick Willis, Drew? Yeah, is this the Patrick Willis who was an all-pro pretty much every year he played with when he uh, came out of Ole Miss and played for the 49ers? That's the same Patrick Willis, Drew. As soon as you just watch one, you know, you had to watch one play of this guy's high school film, you know he's going to make multiple Pro Bowls. So I get the same feeling. I'm going to watch Drew Sanders. Drew is going to go on and be just a fantastic college and professional football player. All right. Hey, another interesting tweet I saw, and Mark, you had a little bit of reaction to this. Chuck Carlton of the Dallas Morning News tweeted that at the college football playoff meetings, he talked with SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, and he confirmed that Dallas is an option to host the 2020 SEC Football Media Days. You know, it's been at the Hoover, the Hyatt Regency, Winfrey Hotel. Many years, it was in Atlanta this past year. I believe it's going back to Hoover this year, but uh, it seems like they don't want to have it in Hoover anymore, Mark. Uh, he listed in his tweet Houston, Orlando, Tampa, San Antonio, St. Louis, Nashville, and Charlotte. Now, it seems like uh, are you hearing the same thing that it's going to move out of Hoover and which of these cities, if any of these cities, uh, do you think that the SEC media, f- football media dates could find a home? Well, you know, I can't go into too much detail with this. You know, we talked earlier about Ian Rapport and how we fed him some bad information. And frankly, uh uh, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Mr. Sankey's doing the same thing here. And it's not the false information, not that staying in Hoover. Uh, but it's the cities that listed, uh, that's listed, you know, it's important to look at what, in terms of getting down to the to, to where it's going to be in 2020. Uh, what's important is the cities that aren't listed. So you look at there, you know, uh, Houston, Orlando, Tampa, San Antonio, St. Louis, National Charlotte. Uh, the city that's not listed, Drew, is Miami. And I think that's where it's going to be in 2020. I can say with confidence the SEC is in discussions with Miami uh, and their Chamber of Commerce to host the SEC uh, 2020 Football Media Day. So, frankly, uh, I think uh, if, if I had to take a pick, through, uh, I would pick Miami. I think the fact that the, the tweet uh, did not include Miami makes me feel even more confident about that. Yeah, why would the SEC want to get out of the center of the SEC footprint in Hoover and move it to a place like Miami? Well, you know, frankly, I, I don't have a problem with it being in the Birmingham area. You know, I said, you know, but you're going to have it there. It's having somewhere safe like Fairfield or Inslee uh, with Nona we mentioned earlier. But, uh, frankly, I've, 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 I, I don't feel safe going to SEC Media Days as long as in Hoover. So, uh, frankly, I, 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 I believe it's going to be Miami. Personally, I hope it's in Miami. But uh, uh, we'll just have to see where the, when the announcement comes out. Yeah, that's interesting, Mark. I think Miami would be a great place. I think it would be very heavily attended, and I think there would be uh, lots of locals come in to SEC Media Days like they do. Uh, maybe the guy with the ring hat would be able to go down there and 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 get his autograph from Coach Saban again. Hey, Mark, let's take some listener questions, and we had a lot of them this week. We had to cut them down for a few. Tell everybody how they can find you on email and through social media. 
Drew, every week we get uh, really the best questions, and th- thank you guys so much for your questions. Uh, if you don't know by now where to send the questions, I'll tell you. If, if you want uh, to ask me anything uh, about whatever you like, you can tweet at me. My Twitter handle is at MarkJennings55. That's one word, at MarkJennings55. Or uh, you can email me if you like. Uh, email address is markbreaksdownfilm at AOL.com. That's one word, markbreaksdownfilm at AOL.com. Either there or on Twitter. I love hearing from you guys. Yeah, you guys asked really uh, some fantastic questions. I'm really looking forward to, to hearing them this week, Drew. All right. Well, our first one is a recruiting question. It comes from Big SC that's uh, at Bald Cypress Wood. He says, what are your sources saying about Alabama targeting five-star Reggie Grimes the second? You know, his dad uh, played on the defensive line at Alabama in the late 90s. Well, I mean, my sources are telling me that they're they're recruiting Reggie Grimes a second. I mean, I don't, I, I can't, I can't go into too much detail, but I don't think it's much of a secret. He's one of the top players in the country. Uh, I believe the description sites have him as a top fifty player, uh, class of twenty twenty. Dad played at Alabama, uh, out of Mount Juliet, Tennessee. I don't think it's any surprise at all that Alabama's going after him pretty heavily. So uh, we got a long rail signing day, and so I can't uh, say anything about where he's going to go. Uh, something his family wants to keep pretty close to the best right now. But uh, I think Alabama's got a pretty good chance at this point. All right, that's Reggie Grimes, the second, the five-star defensive end, defensive lineman. We hear from TD at TD445544, and he says, Mark, I'm trying to sell my house. We hired a realtor from Hoover, and there's a, quote, Hoover name on the for sale sign, so I'm scared that's keeping people away. Do you have any advice on how to make our house in prestigious historic Irondale sell faster? So just to make sure I'm clear on this, Drew, his house is in Irondale, but there's Hoover on the house sign. On the, I don't understand. It looks like he uh, TD lives in, in Irondale, which is not close to Hoover. You know, it's a good 20 or so miles away. But the realtor that they are using uh, to sell their house is lives in Hoover, is based in Hoover. Okay. Well, Drew, I do know that Irondale is not, not Hoover. I have seen uh, fried green tomatoes, so I do know that. Uh, but my question is, you know, if, you, if you're trying to sell your house, you know, why would you put, put Hoover on the sign? You know, it's like, uh, um, I, I, I don't know, uh, you're trying to sell your house, you wouldn't put, you know, Aleppo on the sign. So why would you do that? You know, that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, you wouldn't put, you know, Tripoli on the sign. Uh, so I, I don't know. So, I mean, if, if you put Hoover on the sign, I mean, it sounds like it's your fault to me. So uh, I can't, I can't, you know, give you more advice other than, you know, take Hoover off the sign. Uh, it seems like a real simple question to be real honest with you. I don't know what, I don't know what you, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not exactly splitting the atom here by answering that question, but it seems like you should not have Hoover on your house sign. Well, Mark, should should he maybe get rid of his realtor from Hoover and get someone from like Mountain Brook or Irondale or someone like that or Shades Valley? Is the is the realtor's name Hoover? Or uh, is the company? I think the realtor is from Hoover is what the question says. We hired a realtor from Hoover. Well, I, I don't know what he wants to do. Maybe ask the realtor to leave the agency or maybe just get some duct tape and put it on the sign. I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's up to him, but I would, whatever it takes to get Hoover off the sign. All right. We hear from. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe just get rid of the house sign completely. It's 2019. Are people really driving around? You know, 
neighborhood ran, neighborhoods randomly looking for houses that are for sale. I, I I don't know. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak as an expert to that, but but it's up to you, really. I would just do whatever you can to uh, get Hoover off the sign. All right, that's some good advice. Daniel Hassenbein at D Hassenbein uh, UA. Daniel, I apologize if I mispronounce your last name. Mark, I'm looking at purchasing a new recliner. Do you recommend going Lazy Boy or Ashley Furniture? Appreciate your insights on all things sporting and, t- and interior decorating. Uh, well, well, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a great question. I wish I could answer it for you. I mean, you're asking about two fantastic furniture companies. Uh, you know, it's like asking me who's a better basketball player, you know, uh, Shaquille O'Neal or, or, or Wilt Chamberlain. I can't answer that question. They're two fantastic players, and I can't say which one's better. It's really up to you and the type of player that you prefer, you know, or uh, who's a better baseball player, Mark McGuire or Greg Maddox. I mean, they're two completely different. They do completely different things, and that's up to you. So I can't tell you. I wish I knew more about what your preferences were. And, Thank you for your question, but uh, I certainly can't tell you what to do. And honestly, I, I really can't give endorsements. You know, as you mentioned, Drew, we have 1.5 million listeners last week, and it wouldn't be fair for me, uh, you know, to, to, to give my weight of uh, my endorsement behind either of those companies that I have been properly uh, remunerated. So uh, it's either here or there, uh, but you got to go what's best for you, man. And, uh, you know, good luck finding one. Let me know how it goes. All right. We hear from Hunter Letson at Hunter Letson on Twitter. Mark, I know you had a lot to do with the development and the recruitment of Navy pitcher and just crowned Patriot League champion Noah Song. What made you influence him to sign with the with the U.S. Naval Academy? Well, I, I thought it was ridiculous. He was coming out of Claremont, California, that he wasn't uh, highly recruited. Frankly, um, uh, I thought that was ridiculous. But you know, originally he was concerned about going to the Naval Academy and 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 going that and then having to serve four years. Uh, frankly, I told him that, uh, you know, you're a good enough player to where you're going to be able to take that signing bonus and pay back the Navy uh, for their four years of, of, of education. So if you're worried about that, I, I wouldn't be as long as you work hard and, and you know, stay true to yourself and, and, and really, you know, just keep grinding at it and keep working. You're going to be a, a top-round draft pick and you're going to be able to pay back the Navy with your signing bonus. So uh, that's why he's there. Um, I, I think it'll turn out to be a fantastic decision for him. You know, I have great trust in the Navy coaching staff and their ability to really uh, mold pitchers. Uh, you know, as you can see, the Navy, as, as you probably know, Drew, and as our, all of our listeners probably know, they just won the Patriot League, which is Clinton's Patriot League. So it's a fantastic baseball program, and I think he's going to go uh, pretty far in the professional ranks. All right. Steve Flanagan asks on Twitter, Dear Mark, why does your Twitter avatar look like an egg? I, I don't have anything to do with that. That's all. That's all, Drew. You know, Drew. You know, Drew does all the uh, the design stuff on the Twitter. I just go on there and answer the questions. So I can't. I can't. Drew, why is there an egg? Well, that was the uh, default symbol or default logo when we created your Twitter handle, and um, and, and Twitter would let you keep the egg when they change it to a silhouette. So couldn't quite get you verified yet, but we do still have your your egg. So hopefully that will satisfy. The listener, does that satisfy you, Mark? Yeah, Drew, you know, I won't get the verified thing. You know, I know it's a big deal, the liberal need to be verified. I guess it makes you feel important about yourself, like you've accomplished something, even though you're in the liberal media. Frankly, I don't really care, Drew. I'm not, I, I don't really, I don't derive, unlike the liberal media, I don't derive myself worth from Twitter. So 
Uh, you know, I, I know you want me to get verified because it'll help with the podcast and all, but frankly, Drew, you know, I just want to go out and break down film and do the podcast. And if I get verified or not, I, I'm sure it'll make you happy, but, uh, that's not something I really care about, Drew. I've got a family that loves me and, uh, you know, I realize that not a lot of people in liberal media, uh, uh, are, are as happy with themselves as I am. So, uh, you know, if it, if it gets them a blue check mark, that's fine. Go ahead, Drew, but that's not something that really, uh, uh, really gets me going. All right. Our final question comes from Drew Smalley on Twitter. Mark, can you tell us the story about how you were able to diagnose Coach Saban's need for a hip replacement? Was it through noticing him limping or anything while breaking down practice and game film of his players? Thanks for adding many years to the best coach in the business. Well, I, I can't – well, first off, uh, thank you for your question, Drew, but, uh, you know, I can't violate HIPAA laws. Uh, I don't want to, you know, go to jail or go to federal prison or anything uh, for violating uh, any uh, confidentiality laws. But I can say that I was at the lake house a few months ago and I noticed him living a good bit and told him that uh, he should really get that checked out. So uh, I'm glad he did. Uh, I know he's looking forward to getting back to work. I know he hated having that cane for that day and he's all back out. I'm pretty sure he's off the cane by now, but uh, um, it, it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't, uh, you know, I've been around football long enough to know people have some hip problems and I know that he got checked out. So I'm glad for him that he's ready to get it fixed. And I know he's going to be ready to go for, uh, uh, for this summer and, uh, get ready to go for the fall. All right. Well, that will wrap up this edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. Mark, uh, I know you're happy to be done with uh, advising Mr. Mayock and Coach Gruden about the Oakland Raiders and the NFL draft. Uh, I want you to get some, you know, relax before our next podcast. But thank you so much for, for joining us this week. Drew, you know I love being on your podcast, Drew. It, it's really the uh, my favorite part of the week is getting to your podcast. I believe it's been a couple of weeks and did one last week, and that kind of hurt me a little bit. Uh, but hopefully I get to do the podcast again real soon, Drew. Thank you again for having me. All right, and you guys make sure you subscribe to Champs Corner featuring Mark Jennings on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much any other podcast format. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys soon.